pastor of Riverside Church in New York. He was such a prolific preacher that the Rockefellers built a church just for him so that they would always have the privilege of hearing him preach. Harry Emerson Fosdick uh, wrote and put in book form some of his sermons and um, to express his genius and the way that God used him. But the one in particular that got me and still gets me is a sermon entitled, The Danger of Going to Church. The Danger of Going to Church. You can't read a title like that and stop. You have to continue to try to get an idea of what the writer is talking about. For there are two things that, that I've never heard joined together. <laughs> and that is going to church being dangerous. Now, I know that our neighborhoods can be dangerous. Amen. I know sometimes on the job it can get dangerous. Sometimes in the home. You can experience danger. But I've never rarely seen these factors joined together, and it provoked me to try to find out what he had in mind. Harry Emerson Fosdick says that the danger of going to church consists in the fact that all you have to do to fit in at church is observe and imitate. He says, all you have to do in church is observe and imitate. He says, essentially, all you have to do is just watch other folk, and when they say amen, You say amen. Say when they stand up. You stand up. Amen. When they sing. You sing. And when they are quiet. You get quiet. Amen. He says all you have to do to fit in is just observe and imitate. And he says, after a period of time, you will get so good at what you're doing. You, you will have observed so long and imitated so often, amen, that you'll become comfortable with it and so versatile with it that no one will be able to tell any difference between you and the rest of the folk. Amen. He says, he says, essentially, you will have 
observed and imitated so long till the folk you look at, you will assume they got it. And then when they look at you, they will assume that you got it. And everybody will come under the general assumption that everybody in there got it. Amen. Perhaps, perhaps that assumption, assuming that everybody has it, has been, has been the cause of a lot of problems in the church. As a matter of fact, perhaps part of what is wrong with the world is a result of content, complacent, comfortable, counterfeit congregations who claim to be converted, pretending to be holy and healed, pretending to be without planning to become pretending to be and not seeing anything wrong with the way they are. Here we are at a time when our churches, it seems that there is a preference for dressing up, but not cleaning up. Amen. Church people who who use the name of Jesus in powerful conversation and proclamation, but grow weaker every day because of the lack of application. Amen. Of the very same words that they say amen to on Sunday morning. Amen. Settling for visitation from God instead of a habitation with God, who enjoy Jesus at church but don't want to take Jesus home. Don't want to take Jesus home. It's just, all right, uh, just meet me, uh, Jesus, next Sunday morning. Meet me next Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. I'll spend about a couple of hours with you. Amen, if it don't rain. But you don't have to come home with me. So we are content to come by on Sundays, get a little touch, feel good for a few minutes, experience some emotional ecstasy, uh, have a couple of steps, a few amens, and head off in the same direction. <clears throat> we need to be reminded that God had a purpose for us when he called us to be a called out assembly of baptized believers in Jesus the Christ. Amen. 
God had a reason to bring us into this fellowship with one another. And it was that he intended for us to be a group of resistors in a world gone crazy. Amen. A resistance force so strong, the enemy cannot just take it over. And whenever Satan comes into our midst, as he is so often known to do, he ought to run right into some resistors in the church. God has brought us to the church to experience him, to, to know him, to develop a relationship with him. That's what the church is for. He intends for us to walk in the light while others stumble in the dark. Uh, this necessitates the need for us to look internally and introspectively to evaluate our relationship with God as the church, as members, as citizens in the kingdom of God. For one sad statistic about church people is that sometimes they tend to drive away more people than they do to attract. Amen. Marva Don is a Catholic lay minister who has written several books on praise. One of her books is entitled A Royal Waste of Time. She suggests that our tendency to say we are going to church is a dangerous statement. She reasons that if we say we are going to church, then after the benediction, we must be leaving the church behind. Amen. And so she says that we have to be careful of downgrading the church to something we do on some Sundays, included among our other activities. Amen. With no greater importance than the others on the list. It becomes, if, if we are not careful, church going becomes an obligation instead of an opportunity. Uh, we must by all means avoid dishonest worship. Thoughtless worship. It's bad when worship becomes mechanical. When you don't even have to think about it. Amen. When your mind is on autopilot and your heart is turned off as well. We are, in too many instances, emotionally driven. We are intense, but not theological. And, and, and our worship becomes like a pep rally. Amen. And we evaluate worship in terms of emotion. Amen. I, I was riding down the street the other day, Pastor Ventus, and I looked at a church sign that said, contemporary worship, 8 o'clock. Traditional worship, 
And I raised the question, what would they do if I went to the 8 o'clock service, but I felt traditional? <laughs> and what would they say if I went to the traditional worship, but I was feeling contemporary? So, so I'm glad that God settles all of that when he said, they that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. But, but now here's where, let me stop there a minute, because true worship is a dangerous activity. Amen. When, whenever you come to worship, be cautious, be watchful, be thoughtful about worship. Think about who it is. You're getting ready to worship. Amen. Think about who it is. Think about what he's done for you. A amen. Amen. Don't rush into worship without first considering what you are doing. Amen. Amen. For whenever we move into the realm of worship, we enter into a realm of risk. Amen. Amen. God gives us the, 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 the order in which to enter. He says, come into my gates with thanksgiving. Enter into my courts with praise. Enter into his presence with singing and bless his name. So worship is risky. Amen. See, every time you cross the sacred threshold of worship, we are treading on dangerous ground. Amen. Far more dangerous than we can imagine. We cross over into territory where the fundamental risk comes not from God, but from us. Amen. You can't worship if you are self-absorbed. Amen. 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 You can't sit in church with this, if I get something out of it, good. Amen. 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 No, no, no. It's not what you get out of it. It's what you put into it. A amen. Amen. It's what you put into it. Sometimes, Pastor Venice, I'm tempted to dismiss some folk early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the expression on their face <laughs> makes me want to come out of the pulpit and say, blessed be the tide that binds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We used to have a sign in our vestibule that said, if you are saved, tell your face. In other words, if you are saved and a child of God, face it. Face it. Amen. 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 We, we, we cannot come before God. Amen. Uh, in any other way than in spirit and in truth. Now, often our worship is not meant for God, but for us. It seems as if we say, we're here, Lord. Now, what do we get out of this? Amen. Amen. 
my brothers and my sisters, you'd be surprised how many opportunities for worship we have missed. Amen. Amen. It's Jesus' party. Amen. But most of the folk who show up come for somebody else. Amen. Amen. We ought to come to worship. We ought to come for worship. Amen. 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 Now, let me get to the text and then I'm through. The text says, and, and this, was, this is what got me. The text says, Herod stretched forth his hands to vex certain from the church. Amen. Now, what, what brought me, what, what continues to get me with this text is, is what were the distinguishing features or characteristics of these people that convinced Herod that they were from the church? Amen. Most people have no problem attending church on Sunday morning, and that's why you can get a decent crowd on Sunday morning. Sunday evening, now that's different. Not to mention Wednesday night. Amen. So in these words of Herod, I come across a dilemma. Which, and I invite you to consider it with me, which is most valuable? Which is most noteworthy? Being at church or being from the church? Huh? Now, being at church is identification. But being from the church is validation. Amen. Being at church is being seen. But being from the church is being certified. Being at church can be a ritual. But being from the church is righteousness. Being at church is religion. But being from the church is relationship. Being at church is noteworthy. But being from the church is worthy of notice. Being at church can be a custom. But being from the church will be costly. Being at church can be one day, but being from the church is seven days a week. <laughs> now, being at church might not necessarily affect your lifestyle, but being from the church will turn your life inside out. Amen. 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 Being at church can leave you mean and hateful, but being from the church will make you pray for those that despitefully use you. Being at church will allow you to rob God, but being from the church will provoke you to pay your tithe and give an offering. Being at church 
will allow you to miss Sunday school prayer meeting, volunteering to help. But being from the church will make you get busy. Amen. Being at church will allow you to be a thorn in the pastor's side. But being from the church will make you obey them that have the rule over you. Amen. Being at church will allow you to be a gossip. Amen. But being from the church will cause you to protect each other's dignity. Oh, yeah. Being at church will allow you to be a church fighter. Being from the church will cause you to be a peacemaker. See, being at church means that you are sitting on the premises. Being from the church means you're standing on the promises. Amen. It does not matter where we are, who we are with. It ought to be apparent where we are from. Where we are from. Herod, Herod, Herod was a heathen. Here he was. He's a heathen. But the one thing he could tell, that there was something distinctive, there was something unique, there was something different about these people. And it was not because Herod had been to church. Herod had not been to church. But the folk he encountered had the significance of church all over them. Amen. 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 See, the most important thing about church is what happens when church is over. Amen. 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 I'm glad God taught me that. Amen. Amen. Because I just need to be honest, for a long time I was, I was born and raised in the church. PK, son of a preacher, been in church all my life. Huh? And I was saved, but I wasn't serious. And so now I know personally, you'd be surprised the things you can do and be a church member. Huh? Amen. Yeah, you'd be surprised the things that you can do and be a church member. I'm glad that I'm not only saved, but I'm serious. And, and I'm, more, I'm more careful, I'm more cautious on Monday through Saturday than I am on Sunday. See, I got, I got this. <laughs> I, I got, I've been doing this so long that uh, this ain't no problem. I, I can wake up early in the morning and do this. I know how to talk to talk. I know how to fit in, all of those other things. But I discovered that the biggest problem that I have is handling my humanity outside the church. Huh? Ah, I wish I had home court advantage this morning. I, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you that when you leave the church house, huh? that's when it gets rough. Huh? When you take the robe off, huh? that's when it gets rough. Yeah, when you leave the confines of the church house, that's when it gets rough. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. When temptation sets in. That's when, now I know y'all don't know nothing about temptation, but I know something about temptation. When temptation sets in, that's when it gets rough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. So what really matters is what happens when church is over. Amen. That's why I always tell people, when I try my best to remember, when you come to church, New Mission, when you come to church, tell Pastor Ventus, Pastor, make mine to go. Make mine to go. Make mine. Don't listen. Don't use up all your stuff in here. You know, you don't, don't holler at each other. No, save some because you got to deal with them folk out there. You got to deal with the folk on your job. You got to deal with the ones in your neighborhood. And they want to see. They need to see some Jesus in us. They need to see some Christianity in us. So when you come, get yours to go. Amen. Get yours to go. Amen. As a matter of fact, you'd be surprised. It's some folk at home who are hoping you're going to come home different. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Remind me of that old lady said he going to Midland now. Huh? Yeah, there's some folk at home who, who want us to come home different than we were when we left. Amen. 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 So, so, so. I'm still wrestling with, with this idea. It's a good thing to be at church, but I think it's even better. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I think it's even better to be from, from the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think our children will be better if we're from the church. Our marriages will last longer. And our, and our times of difference of opinion will be less if, if we are from the church. A amen. We're from the church. Maybe somebody on the job will get saved if, if we are from the church. A amen. 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 So, so, so it's a good thing to be at church, but it's better to be from the church. Herod, Herod said that there was something unmistakably different about these people. He said, I haven't been to church with them. I don't have to ask them what church they go to. But one thing I know is that there is something about their character. There's something about their character that makes them different from the common people. Amen, from the common people. That's our challenge. That's the challenge that we face every day of our lives, that wherever we may be, that we may do the best we can to call somebody to understand that Christ is at work in our lives. Amen. The book of Acts says that Peter and John says that when they saw them and they perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned men, they knew that they had been with Jesus. 
A amen. Amen. See, see, believers ought to be contagious. Amen. Amen. Folk, folk ought to know who you are without you opening your mouth. Amen. Amen. Folk ought to have, know that there's something different about you. There's something distinctive about you. There's something about you that's not of the common cloth. There's something about you that's distinctive. Amen. And it's not because you got a great big old cross on or you carry a great big old Bible with you. It ain't about that, but it's the way you carry yourself. Amen. Amen. The way you carry yourself. Amen. And you have to be careful with that. I don't know whether I told you the story or not, but I left church one Sunday morning. We had had one of those mountaintop experiences. I left church and felt like I was just floating and went to a local store to pick up something before I got home. And when I got there, the young lady who was working behind the counter had a nasty disposition. And I said, do you have so-and-so now? Okay, now remember, remember, I'm still under the influence. <laughs> I'm still under the influence, you know. So she said that, I said, hallelujah. Okay. I said, well, do you have such and such a thing? Do you see it? Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm still there, you know. I'm still there, yeah. No, I don't. No, I don't see it. Okay? So I said, I'm going to try one more time. One more time. And I asked for something else. She said, no, we don't have it. And if we had it, you see it. And I don't know if we're going to get any more. Well, about that time. <laughs> uh, about that time, <laughs> she hit that spot. And uh, I was ready then. So I loaded up my tongue. I wasn't going to cuss, but I said, it's time for me to get her up off of me. And so as I got ready, the minute I got ready to cut loose on her, a little elderly lady came in the store. She said, oh, Reverend Farrell. She said, I listen to you every Sunday morning. <laughs> so I said, thank you, Jesus. Two more minutes. She would not have listened to me anymore. Huh? You got to be careful. You never know who you're talking to. You never know who knows you that you don't know amen amen there's got to be something unique about us there's got to be something distinctive about us amen because wherever we go somebody is observing us somebody said we are the only bible that some people read and i heard somebody else said we need a revised version Amen. Amen. We've got to understand the difficulty of the times that we live in. Amen. And the world is challenging us 
Amen. And that's why we've got some empty lumber on Sunday morning. Some folk have grown tired and weary of business as usual. Amen. They want something that works. Amen. They want something that works. Something that touches them where their pain is. Amen. And the only way that God will use us is that we are what we seem to be. Amen. We are what we seem to be. Amen. That folk have encountered us on the outside of the church. Amen. And found out that we were outside the church what we pretend to be in the church. Amen. So I, I, I'm glad that you're at church. Amen. Every opportunity you get, you ought to be at church. But it's more important. It's more important how we are when church is over. When church is over. Amen. Amen. Stories told of a wife who lost her husband. They were having a husband's funeral. Preacher got up and talked about the husband and said, Here lies a wonderful man. He loved God. He loved the church. He loved his family. And the mother said to her son, get up, we got to go. Somebody demoved your daddy. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, listen, it's bad, it's bad when your own family don't know you saved. Huh? If anybody ought to know you saved, it ought to be the people who got your same address as you do. Amen. 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 So I'm through now. Let me, I'm, I'm going to surrender it to you. Amen. Because I want you as I have come, and I'm still coming, to come to a realization that as good as it is to be at church, the real test of what took place at church is how I behave when church is over. And nobody knows who I am when I don't have on preaching paraphernalia. Amen. When I'm somewhere, people don't know my name. Amen. If I can carry myself right. Amen. If my character is right. Somebody said character is who you are when nobody's looking. Amen. If we can act right when ain't nobody looking. Amen. When we're not under observation. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's better to be from here. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen.